Isaiah 24 to 25, these are God's words. Behold, Yahweh makes the earth empty and makes it waste, distorts its surface and scatters abroad its inhabitants. And it shall be as with people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the creditor, so with the debtor. The land shall be entirely emptied and utterly plundered, for Yahweh has spoken this word. The earth mourns and fades away, the world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth languish, the earth is also defiled under its inhabitants, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore the curse has devoured the earth, and those who dwell in it are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. The new wine fails, the vine languishes, all the merry-hearted sigh. The mirth of tambourine ceases, the noise of ju- the jubilant ends, the joy of the harp ceases. They shall not drink wine with a song. Strong drink is bitter to those who drink it. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up so that none may go in. There is a cry for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened, the mirth of the land is gone. In the city desolation is left. And the gate is stricken with destruction. And it shall be thus in the midst of the land among the people. It shall be like the shaking of an olive tree, like the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is done. They shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of Yahweh. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Therefore glorify Yahweh in the dawning light. The name of Yahweh, God of Israel, in the coastlands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we have heard songs. Glory to the righteous. But I said, I am ruined, ruined, woe to me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Indeed, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. Fear and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitant of the earth. And it shall be that he who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit, and he who comes up from the midst of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. The earth is violently broken, the earth is split open, the earth is shaken exceedingly, the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall totter like a hot. Its transgression shall be heavy upon it, and it will fall and not rise again, it shall come to pass, In that day that Yahweh will punish on high the host of exalted ones, and on the earth, the kings of the earth, they will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and will be shut up in prison. And after many days they will be punished, then the moon will be disgraced and the sun ashamed. For Yahweh of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and before his elders, gloriously. O Yahweh, you are my God, I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. For you have made a city a ruin, a fortified city a ruin, a place of foreigners to be a city no more, 
it will never be rebuilt. Therefore the strong people will glorify you. The city of the terrible nations will fear you, for you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat, for the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. You will reduce the noise of aliens as heat in a dry place, as heat in the shadow of a cloud. The song of the terrible ones will be diminished. And in this mountain, Yahweh of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees, a fat of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees. And he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people, and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord Yahweh will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. For Yahweh has spoken, and it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is Yahweh. We have waited for him, we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For on this mountain the hand of Yahweh will rest. Moab shall be trampled down under him, as straw is trampled down for the refuse heap. And he will spread out his hands in their midst, as a swimmer reaches out to swim. And he will bring down their pride, together with the trickery of their hands. The fortress of the high fort of your walls he will bring down, Lay low, and bring to the ground, down to the dust. So far the reading of God's inspired and inherent word, in which we have a portion in Isaiah 24 and 25 that looks back from all the way to the beginning of the Bible and looks forward all the way to the end of the Bible. And it does so following upon this judgment of Tyre, the coastland city where all the merchant ships would go and things were exchanged from the west to the east, from Tarshish, uh, all the way to the Babylonian plains. The wealth of the world came through there. Uh, and it was a place of man delighting in himself by way of pleasure, by way of wealth. Not that joy and enjoying created things is wrong, no, even in this chapter, uh, at the last, when the Lord uh, has prepared a banquet for the remnant that he's gathered to himself, there is much enjoyment of created things. Even enjoyment of wine isn't bad. Uh, the Lord's banquet has well-refined wine, plenty of it, uh, something that is looked f forward to in John chapter 2, when Jesus provides the well-refined wine, after man runs out of his own, uh, it is very much indicating that Jesus is Yahweh of Isaiah 24 and 25, uh, where uh, here they run out as a judgment upon them. But for those who are with the Lord, for those who are provided for uh, at their banquet by him, uh, they, have, uh, they have plenty of the good stuff, uh, as it were. But the city of Tyre was a city that represented man's enjoyment of himself. 
and earthly pleasures over against man's enjoyment of God himself. And when man enjoys himself, when man tries to enjoy the creation apart from the creator, what he does is he unmans himself and he uncreates the creation, uh, as it were. Uh, in particular, verse 10, it's more difficult to see uh, in the English where it says the city of confusion. The word for confusion there is tohu, when the earth was tohu vabohu. Uh, formless and void, purposeless uh, and uh, and empty in Genesis 1, verse 2. And so when he refers to the, the world city, now the city here is not just Tyre, it is the whole world viewed uh, as a city. When he says that the, the world city is a city of Tohu, he's saying that the the world and mankind and trying to enjoy himself uh, in the way that is that has been described and is uh, alluded to by its elimination uh, in these chapters, that when man tries to enjoy himself apart from the Lord or enjoy himself by way of the created pleasures, he rebels against the very purpose and order of all things as being made by God for good and for man to use to image God and for man to use in a way that is righteous and good. Uh, and so there's this language throughout uh, Isaiah 24 of the, this worldwide uh, equal opportunity judgment uh, at the beginning of the passage and then going on to describe man having uh, defiled uh, the earth, uh, and what uh, had God done when the whole world was united in indulging themselves and had uh, defiled the earth? Uh, God had come with the flood. And so the flood looked forward to God's judgment. As Second uh, Peter 2 describes, it was uh, an indication that God knows how to reserve the wicked for punishment under judgment while preserving the godly as he preserved Noah. Uh, and so in the immediate future, uh, in the uh, Assyrian invasion, uh, and then what comes upon them by way of Babylon, and then what comes on Babylon by way of Persia, and even what comes on Jerusalem by, uh, by way of all of them, the Lord is showing the same thing, because he is sparing a remnant, uh, like the gleaning of olives and grapes, uh, after the 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 large part are destroyed in the in the immediate historical situation in the coming centuries. Relatively few uh, are spared from any uh, any of those judgments. But again, it is a reminder of God knowing how to reserve the wicked for punishment unto judgment, while sparing the righteous, uh, like Second Peter two uh, verses four through nine tells us. But while uh, Isaiah is uh, is seeing this in his vision, considering this in his prophecy, and he does hear the song of the remnant in verses uh, 14 and 15, he is horrified. So there are those, those gleanings to which the end of verse 13 refers, who are the remnant, and they are the ones who, and maybe when we were reading it, it 
uh, it surprised you because it felt so uh, to be such a contrast to what was up to that point when you get to verse 14 and they're singing for the majesty of Yahweh they're crying aloud from uh, from the sea which refers of course to the west they glorify Yahweh in the dawning of the light which refers to the east for the coastlands of the sea, verse 15, the ends of the earth, verse 16, it's describing a renewed world. But through what did the renewed world in Genesis 9 come? It came through the flood. It came through a horrific destruction. And even as Isaiah is seeing in the vision the fact that there is this remnant who worship the Lord, he is still horrified by the judgment that is coming. I said, I am ruined, ruined, woe to me. <clears throat> and he uses the language of the flood, doesn't he? At the end of verse 18, the windows from on high are opened and the foundations uh, of the earth are shaken. You remember in Genesis chapter 7 and verse 11, where God opened the windows in the firmament and the fountains of the great deep were opened. He brought judgment from above and judgment uh, from below. Uh, and so there is a picture of the flood here, but there's a picture even not just of the flood originally, but of what the flood looked forward to. When you look at verses 19 and 20, that's, uh, that's revelation language, isn't it? The earth violently broken and split open and shaking exceedingly. This is the same sort of thing uh, that Second Peter is all also looking forward to. So there's this saving of his people in the short term that is going to happen that Isaiah is prophesying about, but it's connected to the last day. It's connected to the final judgment. It's connected to not just the final judgment, but also the final worship, the final gathering of God's people to himself. When in this mountain, he says in verse 6 of chapter 25, Yahweh of hosts will make for all people the feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees. And he will have taken away the covering, the veil, that was over all the people, that was spread over all the nations, the, uh, the way that sin uh, keeps us from uh, from seeing God rightly and responding to him rightly, from loving him, from enjoying him, from serving him. That will be gone. Death, also gone. Verse 8, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord Yahweh will wipe away tears from all faces, also verse 8. It's describing, isn't it, the same thing as Revelation 21, verse 1 through 7. A new heavens and a new earth, in which a righteous people dwell with God, and they know him, and he knows them, and they no longer sin against him, and they're no longer confused and ignorant. And their great delight is not just this new creation, praise God, uh, but uh, that in this new creation they enjoy him himself. Despite all of the wonderful provision to which verse or which verse <clears throat> excuse me despite all the wonderful provision which verse 6 describes as the feast it is god himself and their relationship to him that they rejoice over on in verse 9 
It will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him. He will save us. This is Yahweh. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Uh, And that's the most wonderful thing at the end of Revelation, isn't it? It's not just a city and uh, and its description uh, mirroring that of Eden uh, with uh, all of the tr- the trees and the fruit bearing, even the tree of life and uh, the jewels and the gold that are readily available everywhere. In fact, the city has been made out of the stuff in the vision and revelation. But the great joy, the great blessedness at the end of Revelation is behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He is their God. They are his people. And so there's, in a sense, these two chapters are pulling from both ends of the Bible to say that what God is doing in the exile, just like what God had done in the flood, is a picture, is a participation in and anticipation of what God is doing in history as a whole. He knows how to reserve the wicked for punishment under judgment while sparing and preserving the righteous. Uh, And two big takeaways for us is Isaiah, who knew and understood this, was still horrified at the greatness of the judgment. And so we need to be those who are sober and horrified at the greatness of judgment, even though the judgment was coming upon the wicked. So also we ought to have a sympathy with them uh, and a horror at what's going to come upon them. Uh, And yet, even more than that, together with that, we ought to rejoice over the Lord preserving us and ask that he would. And in each of our own hearts, we need to, uh, we need to ask God to help us see whether we are enjoying the good things he gives us as an enjoying of ourself in those things or as an enjoying of him in the good things that he has given us, because that's the difference between the two cities, isn't it? Tyre and the world city enjoy themselves in their pleasures. The city of Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, glorious Jerusalem, enjoys God in the good pleasures that he gives them. May he help us to enjoy him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this part of your word and for your help in understanding it well and seeing how it connects to the other parts of your word. But Lord, now we need the help of your Holy Spirit to see ourselves well by the use of your word. And so we pray that you would help us by your spirit and that you would deliver us from our sin, that you would wipe away the tears from our eyes and make us to enjoy you in the good things that you give us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.